Hello, and welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser, and today I am a pre-cruise cruise boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, we're getting ready for our cruise. Even Trevor's excited. You got to get Trevor does not get that excited about travel. Oh no, an iceberg. <laughs> in in the what? In the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. Uh hi there. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm super tip. I am also a an excited cruise boy. Although I will say last night I had like <laughs> You have cruise nightmares. Not cruise nightmares, <laughs> just like travel stress dreams. Oh, of course you did. No. Um <laughs> and even there's a point where like I was I woke up from a dream, but I was still dreaming and I was like on the cruise in the dream and I was stressed out. And then I just like opened my eyes. I'm like, Oh wait, now I'm at home. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> it, yeah. it was, it, it was very exhausting. Trevor has a really great technique of pre worrying. Oh, <laughs> worrying about being worried. Yeah. Got to build up those, uh, those stomach muscles so you can be nice and clutch. Yeah. Well, hi, my name is Michael. I am a chaser. And I suppose at this point in my life, I am a, uh, I am either a stressed out pre-move boy or a very confident, relaxed pre-move boy. I suppose we'll find out. It, do we care if people know that we're recording this way in advance? No, it's fine. I mean, yeah, we're the, recording this the, way in advance. The episode we record after that will explain this. <laughs> um, so yeah, moving in about two weeks. So watch out for that, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, my name's Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and today I am a sleepy, 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 wide awake boy. <laughs> I'm working off of, I, I don't know how many hours of sleep, like three or four hours of sleep, mm. but uh, three or four hours is the sweet spot. Michael has seen me in my giddy zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's peak podcasting form. Yeah. So I, I allow me to state in advance <laughs> The Big Fat Gay Podcast does not support any of the weird opinions falling out of Don's mouth today. Don, in fact, himself does not support any of the weird opinions falling out of his mouth today because Don has absolutely no idea where his mouth will wander to today. Wake up, Don. Wake up. It's time to the show. There's tea. <laughs> tea. Caffeine. Life is good. Um, so, yeah. So. I, I, as we descri- uh, explained last week, we are um, – January is a busy month for us. We got some mm. travel. We got some moving, some big life changes. All kind, kinds of stuff. So busy we're, weekend. We're stockpiling. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're, we care about you. We don't want to leave you alone for so long. That's right. Yes. Also, we're beholden to a Patreon. That's true. <laughs> they know speaking where we of, live. Speaking of which, <laughs> they, they thank you, patrons. Thank you. Yeah. You, 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 you make our world bright and shiny. We got, oh, we have a mini-sode coming up. Uh, Dan and I recorded a little mini-sode for Patreon uh, about... Something. See, see, Trevor always gets on my case. Like, what did you guys talk about? I'm like, I have no I don't idea. Know. We talked. <laughs> Chaser chat, uh, volume three. Yeah, somewhere like around there. Yeah. Um, if we could remember that, we'd remember what we talked about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, there were drinks involved. It's very good. It's uh, going to get cut down because it's quite long. <laughs> oh, but it's, every word is a pearl, Michael. Pearls. Yes. Um, so if you want to check that out and any other minisodes that we've done, head over to patreon.com slash and you can see them all, along with behind-the-scenes videos and uh, stuff that I cut from the show that might be funny or interesting, or it might not be. I suppose you guys can tell us. <laughs> Michael your, thinks very highly of our edited bits. <laughs> <laughs> well, trust me, there's a lot that gets cut that does not end up in the cut. <laughs> um, there's comedy uh, gold, comedy fool's gold, and, yeah. There's, yeah, and then there's, and there's just <laughs> comedy crap. I comedy spelled with a Q. <laughs> I think the cutting room floor, cutting room floor needs to be uh, its own little Patreon. No. <laughs> That's just throat clearing and sneezing. A little, a little mini Patreon called Cunning. Yeah, that's the, the glottal stuff goes on our OnlyFans page. Oh God, <laughs> oh, there's so much of it. Anyway, so hit that button. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's get into some pop culture, baby, baby. <laughs> a little, little Liz Minnelli. <laughs> I actually <laughs> just hit the light switch, Eliza. Oh, I can't find out. No, I saw no, SNL. A, okay, a great shit. If somebody uh, died uh, laughing uh, listening to that, I don't even know which listener. Anyway, keep going. I saw a great uh, little bit of 
Um, it was an old clip from the Paula Deen show where Liza Minnelli was on. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> and it was just them kind of dancing and Paula Deen like, I got another surprise for you. And then it just, that's it the cuts clip. Out. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Did they fuck? What happened? No, <laughs> no. It's, it's, I think if Paula they did, Paula Deen would still be on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Paula Deen is desperately trying to segue and Liza is high on something and mm-hmm. just decides to start dancing. You know, oh, I see. And I like, see. you know, I have another surprise for you. Like, can I get you back on task? Because we were doing a cookie show. I don't know if they told you. And then it didn't work. And so they just had to cut there. Uh, we don't, no, no, we don't know because the clip ends. Yeah. The show doesn't end. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> cutting room floor. Not cutting room floor. I mean, I guess now. <laughs> we, have a, we have a show. Yes. Um, and, and on that show, we're going to talk about uh, an interview with, uh, is it Jenna or Jana Schmiding? Do we know? Jana Schmiding? Jana. J-A-N-A. You guys figure it out. I'm going to go with Jana. Um, I'm going to go Go off of my own direction. did an interview with Carolyn Malkoon for Eating Well. And if you don't know, she is a plus-size uh, Native American actress, writer. Uh, you probably know comedian. her from uh, Rutherford Falls. She was yeah. the, the co-star in Rutherford Falls. Exa- uh, star? Co-star? Anyway, yeah. One of the leads. And uh, it's also her show. Like, mm-hmm. yes, that's big, very true. Yeah. Yeah. It's her, her big dream project. And so she, this interview is, um, a lot about like her relationship to her body, her size and her perspectives on wellness culture. Well, and it's eating well magazine. So, you know, of course the questions are about what do you eat? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I, I mean, be the, it may be the one magazine where it's appropriate to be asking fat people what they eat. Right, and she agreed to the interview, so it's not like, what? <laughs> Why How dare you? I have to say, I was surprised. When I saw Eating Well, I was nervous. But I also know, I'm like, well, Jenna Schmiding is not going to, like, be part of something really horrible. Mm-hmm. And I was looking, and, like, I feel like Eating Well is, I don't know, evolving? Well, they're, so they're well, first. They have to. I, yeah, I would hope so. Their first question, which I suppose figures, is what do you typically eat in a day? And I kind of love that she doesn't go into here are the things that I like, here is my rigorous, you know, like I have three grams of granola inside of a half cup of yogurt in for mm-hmm. the breakfast. Like she doesn't do that. She goes for which I appreciate. Like I love having variety. Like I love going for savory and sweet and running the spectrum. I don't mm-hmm. tend to eat breakfast. And so here's what I do. And I don't know. It, it, she describes her attitude towards eating more than like, Oh, I'll eat half a chicken breast, you know, for dinner so that I don't. Well, whatever. but that's because the people who are doing that are have this very regimented plan, usually to look a particular way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, but, but she's like, I'm not, I'm not a breakfast girl, but she talks about, you know, she has a, a really sweet, creamy vanilla latte, mm-hmm. which I don't know, for my money, that's breakfast. You know, because yeah. yeah. that is, there's enough, there's that enough was power. Basically, in that my breakfast today. <laughs> Hello, Pete's. <laughs> yeah. No, she talks about making it with half and half, and it's really sweet and creamy, and she loves the texture of it. And that, I mean, that's me. That's that, my, yeah. yeah. It's my morning coffee, my little. No, that's just you. <laughs> <laughs> you are a sweet vanilla latte. <laughs> no, I mean, it's sweet and creamy. And yeah. ironically, they still can't write, spell your name correctly on the side of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in this was when the interviewer asks her, uh, what do you wish you could tell your younger self about body image? I loved this. Mm. So her response was really insightful, which is like, I would never put that responsibility on a child to have to manage their, you know, the body image and the assault on their body that is going to come from them from the public. And she says it's it's on the corporations and the the industry of diet uh, mm-hmm. to make the changes. It's well, not it, on the individual. Well, she, she just, it's not, I don't think it's quite that black and white for her. What she says is that it's not, it, the question assumes that one is completely responsible for one's body image. Mm-hmm. And she says like, you know, there's a whole lot of influence on one's body image that starts before you're even aware you have a body. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she does include corporations and this idea that we're trying to sell stuff to people and, and that, you know, she talks about television being an advertising medium and you know, what they're responsible for. But yeah, and it's, it's true because, you know, there's only so far this so-called body positivity will, will take you because, you know, ultimately you live in a world that has an opinion about your body. And she says, most of the world doesn't even believe in body positivity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, They kind of believe the opposite. Well, they believe body positivity is you should take responsibility and get thin. You know, (laughs) for a lot of people, that's body positivity. You should be positive about your wanting to make changes about your body. So, yeah. So it's, it's an insightful article. Check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, Interview, I should say. Uh, She loves curry. 
If you want to hear she a really, really great description curry. of yeah. what curry can do for a person, check it out. I have really only had like yellow curry. Really? And I haven't. I, I don't know. I'm scared to go outside of <laughs> that because I don't know. The, the worst case scenario is I don't like it and then I don't eat it. <laughs> yeah, that's not too bad. <laughs> I don't know. The fun thing it's about curry though is everybody, when you have dinner with a bunch of people, everybody orders something. You can try everybody's stuff. I don't know. My experience, my experience <laughs> of yellow curry what, you is want to lose my hand? Don't do that with Trevor. <laughs> well, because, so my experience of yellow curry is that there is, it's like two pieces of chicken. Oh, yeah. One of the big problems I run into with Indian food is when I spill it on a child that's eating with me <laughs> and I stain their clothing. <laughs> if they're plus size, replacing that clothing can be very, very <laughs> he's, so, he's working so hard yeah. to keep us on track. Segway, How's segway, that segway, for a second? I thought you were going to be the one who was too out of it today. You're the only one who's actually on topic. <laughs> um, yes, so our, our second uh, pop culture story today is why don't brands care about plus size kids? Coming I, from Virginia Soul Smith in uh, well, it's her blog, Burnt Toast. I really I re- love this article. Yeah, I this brought up a lot for me that I had kind of like, I don't know, locked away. <laughs> and it's not all bad. It's just kind of, I don't know, I, a lot of neutral memories of like, this is weird to be revisiting this. I'm curious, Trevor. So like when I was a kid, there was no big and tall section for children, but there was in some stores a husky oh, section. That's right, husky. Um, so one of the things that unlocked is I being with my mom at like, I don't know, a gap or something uh-huh. and her like asking like, oh, is there like a husky boy section? And like there wasn't. Yeah. Mm. Awkward. <laughs> and she said, yeah. So how did she section. get you? How did she succeed in getting you clothing? Um, well, so. She didn't. He ran around naked as yeah. a kid. <laughs> That's how so we I guess go, so going into the article, um, Virginia is talking about the dearth of plus size clothing for kids, even though there is all this talk of, you know, the childhood obesity epidemic right. and that like you would think that there would be more options and how, the, you know, plus size clothing is booming, but that doesn't translate to children's clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of very real perspectives on like, these are the reasons why major clothing brands well, any clothing brands don't create a lot of plus size options, which is like, he, here are the very real reasons why they don't see it as profitable. I found mm. that really enlightening because it's not just, it's not just, and it's true. It's not just that, oh, we don't want to be known for fat people clothing. And right. it's not just that, you know, it's in, you know, it, it's inconvenient. Like how do you do the, the retailers want to put it away on a separate floor or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are some, given that it's a three year cycle from start to to getting something in the store and i thought this was really amazing that they the companies when they start creating a a piece of clothing they start with biometric data like they subscribe to a company that collects Mm astm yeah they collect biometric data but there is no biometric data on fat kids right or very little and then what and then how do you so how do you design for that and then the variability of like well they're this size in height but they're this size and there's something that the article doesn't bring up that i thought was interesting too is that remember you're buying clothes for kids, which means they will, it's not just that they may gain or lose weight, but they will inevitably outgrow this. Very this is quickly. Not, yeah. this, is not mm-hmm. a, this is not a garment that you could spend a lot of money on because you'll have it for years. Right. No, you yeah. will have it for a year. Six months, a year. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's got to be at a reasonable price point because you're going to have to replace it because the kid's going to grow taller. If you think about how many clothes, like, you have to replace for your kid as they grow up, it's amazing we don't just swaddle them in togas every day and just... Moo-moos. <laughs> <laughs> well, well that, that, you know, hand, me, hand me downs. You wear your, you wear your yeah, brother's well, clothes, you wear your sister's clothes. Yeah. So that's what I did, and there was a lot of that because... Togas? No. Um, <laughs> I went to Catholic school, so we had oh, a lot yeah. of uniforms. So we, my siblings and I basically wore the same thing, and... You know, my, both my brother and sister, uh, my sister went through kind of like a period where she was fat as a kid and then she lost weight and my brother was fat too. So like, I just kind of would get his old uniform shirts and pants kind of. And then also to just make it even weirder, um, there was a point where (laughs) like we just all, me my mom and brother kind of all had a pool of khakis that we drew through. And at the so, same time? Well, I think it was like uh, my mom, her weight fluctuated a lot when I was a kid. Uh-huh. So I think there's points where like she just had her like normal like 
I don't know, her thin clothes, but then I think she would be, you know, <laughs> I was thinking of 30 Rock during the, uh, you know, the Husky, she'd wear the Husky boy pants. Oh. Or the, <laughs> there's something, there's a joke in 30 Rock where Liz is wearing a, her blazer is from a, a Husky boy's. Yeah, it's like. Uh, clothes like Robusto Rebunzi or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, so like, I don't think there was much of a like husky yeah. boys clothing thing when i was a kid i would end up wearing you know like adult like you know men's clothing that would just be like the sleeves would be too long and stuff which i didn't really think about until i was reading this article um because uh she writes about the woman who has the daughter where juniors or women's clothes are just aren't cut right for her body where yeah. either stuff is too long or cut too low well, and the thing is, you know, so speaking from personal experience as a child, there is body diversity in children, mm-hmm. right? Like I was a top heavy fat child. Like I had a very big chest and sort of upper body. And I, the thing I was most self-conscious about in my clothing was my chest pressing against my clothing mm. and sort of exposing my new, my moves and my nipples to the world always. And I, that, I think that's what transitioned me to my you know, t-shirt and overshirt look mm-hmm. was because I just, I got so used to not finding anything uh, that made me feel comfortable that that just became my default. And now that I live in a world where I can access that, the world is sort of set up to keep giving me that outfit because I think an entire generation grew up like, well, that. and it's genius, right? Cause you know? basically the, 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 the fashion of the t-shirt with the overshirt means that you can wear two pieces of clothing that don't fit you and make it work Yeah, Mm -hmm. because the t-shirt may not go all the way down, but that's okay. That's why I have an overshirt Mm -hmm. and the t-shirt's going to be too cross tight across the chest, but you have the overshirt and the overshirt is like, it's, it's kind of, is the overshirt's too big for you. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I was not aware. uh, I just, I guess I thought, Oh, well there's more women's plus plus clothing. So there must be more clothing for fat girls. Like, Mm -hmm. especially because there's a whole like miss and juniors and there's all these different things. I just assume that like, Oh, well, well there must be, that and yeah. apparently there's not, so not. yeah the the heartbreaking st- there's several stories in there but the most heartbreaking one for me was trying to take her eight-year-old daughter oh yeah uh not the writer but somebody she talked to uh to get a swimsuit and uh she didn't fit you know she's in that perfect size where she doesn't fit kids even kids plus size swimsuits because places will go kind of larger for certain larger sizes but not that far um, and then fit becomes an issue. And so she had to get uh, an adult uh, bikini, but the smallest available size to f- try and fit her. And her daughter was sent back from the pool for having an inappropriate garment um, and wasn't allowed to swim. And so they had to go. And the daughter comes back in tears that she's mm-hmm. been turned away. Which is horrible. And yeah. it's like, it's just like, let's magnify the problem. Yeah. yeah, let's make it, let's make this a seminal scarring experience for a child mm-hmm. instead of just letting them swim. Like, <sighs> yeah, it's. I guess I was really surprised by this because I figured that at this point and like, it has to be better, but <laughs> if, apparently it's not, I mean, may, maybe a little, maybe incrementally, you know, like very small incremental change, which mm-hmm. is just kind of how things go in fat world. And what Jenna Schmidting has talked about where she says, you know, body positivity is not necessarily within your control. If you're mm-hmm. being, you can be as positive if you want, but if you're being sent home from the pool party because you couldn't find a swimsuit that the adults thought fit you appropriately. Right. I mean, no amount of body positivity in the world is going to help you countermand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am curious if any of our listeners have taken the initiative to learn to sew and started making their own yeah, clothing. How far have you had to go? I've been thinking about it lately. I mean, cause I'm crafty, but. And I, I, I don't like the clothes that are available to me. So, well, well, in the old days, that's kind of what would happen is before, you know, Pret-a-Porter and all the, and the mass production yeah. clothing. Yeah. Of course, you got your clothes made or your mother made them or your wife made them or someone yeah. made your clothes. But uh, yeah, if any of our listeners have experience with making your own clothes and have access to patterns and that sort of thing, I would be very curious to find out like what resources are you aware of for making your own clothes in, if you're a big person or tailoring, which is kind of the in-between solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, <sighs> let's do it. Do you feel it, people? Take us away. The breeze. The breeze of change. Hurtling into the sky <laughs> at top speed. Yes. It's Fat Watch. It's 2023. It's both of those things. We're here, people. And 
we're not in the past today. We're in the present. That's we're right. In the now. We're in the now. We're in Ask Amy. <laughs> we're in Ask Amy. This was sent in by a listener. Yes. So thank you very much to the listener who sent this in. Uh, this is excellent. So Ask Amy, if you don't know, is a syndicated columnist, advice columnist. Um, so you might find her um, her column in a bunch of different newspapers across the United States. And somebody wrote in, concerned about her three year old, uh, 33-year-old daughter who has put on a substantial amount of weight. I think she says 100 pounds over the course of a couple of years. Freaking out. This mother is is panicking. She literally ends yeah. the column uh, by saying, you know, she's yet to call a doctor. How can I help her take the first step? I'm paralyzed with fear that she will die of morbid obesity. And, and see, what I love about that is that that's the excuse for why I can be so shitty to someone because really I'm just so concerned about mm-hmm. their health. Right. It's always that health argument that is that absolves the, the, the speaker, they think, from any sort of asshole behavior. Right. And the, so Amy dismantles this woman <laughs> i think oh, nicely but very bluntly well but all, bluntly because she doesn't have like a lot of column inches but also that it's like this is what's going to help you need to go get therapy yeah <laughs> yeah the first advice is like this is clearly your problem and by the way she did go see a doctor you said so yourself six months ago mm-hmm. so what else do you want her oh, and, to do right and by the way the doctor recommended bariatric surgery and she said no yeah so and- like <laughs> there you go like what what so she's just very incisively saying, like, this is clearly your problem, yeah. and you are causing damage. If you haven't already, you will cause damage to your relationship with your daughter. Oh, come mm-hmm. on. This is already a damaged relationship. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at 33 literally. years old, it's impossible well, for this is, not to I mean, be. this is the mother. I mean, the mother didn't suddenly become fat-phobic or anti-fat. Right. You know, she when the daughter was nine, she was getting these messages from her mom. You know? Certainly, yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the one thought process that felt like such a mom thing but also really awful was this sort of pity of, oh my God, what's going to happen? I mean, you know, my daughter has a boyfriend and this great job, but mm-hmm. she's gained so much weight that, and what's going to happen if she loses either of those things, she'll never get them again. Right. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. once you, once you're fat and you lose a boyfriend or a job, you, you can never, never ever get it again. Yeah. yeah. It's, and the uh, only reason she, and it, it, because the daughter gained weight, she wasn't, she wasn't always fat uh, when as a teenager kid, she was yeah. just alcoholic. Hmm. Wonder why. And she, talks about how you know well be, she you know she must have gotten the, hu- the the boy oh and by the way the husband's gained weight too what are we going to do about that but i digress it's really my daughter and her morbid obesity <laughs> <laughs> like she the woman is consumed with everybody's body and she talks about bmi I, and what her bmi is supposed to be oh and she talks about bmi and uh, this is my favorite because she's so in touch with bmi she t- she says she's a hundred pounds over her bmi Right. Which what is, the uh, fuck does that BMI, mean? BMI is a ratio, not a. Uh, <laughs> it. I hated reading this it just because if this is no, this is mother fear, and I, my mother lives mm-hmm. in this place. Mm-hmm. All I ever get from her is this kind of stuff, and so like it. It sucked reading it. I'll be honest. The response. Like, I mean, the the response was great. The right. Yeah, writing mm-hmm. in was. I would the, pay money for someone setup. to say this to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is like. A person like this who is an advice columnist who who doesn't necessarily have to give out good advice, they just have to give out popular advice right. to keep their column and to keep readership and keep people happy, chooses what I would say is the the um, route, the path of most resistance to actually say, this is a you problem. Mm-hmm. Here's some real steps you can take. And here's the steps that your daughter, according to your own letter, has taken to help herself going to AA because she felt she was drinking too much. And other things. And and basically, she ends on, um, your obsession with your daughter's weight is destined to damage her self-esteem if it hasn't done so already. That's the end. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the thing I'm going to leave you with. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I think is, she's not mincing her words. Like, you know, granted, yes, she does have to be pithy about it, but like, she she holds no... Right, and she, what I also like about it is it's not a personal diatribe. It's not like, you monster, have you any idea what a terrible mother She doesn't insult her. No, absolutely. No. She just I really just, calls is, her on her shit. It is a perfect reading and just like putting in place and I actually just imagine like I don't know a- Amy you know Amy ask the the writer of this column like taking a sip of wine before <laughs> like saying wrong <laughs> I feel like the only way this could have been more direct is if she had said bitch get you ass to therapy yeah <laughs> um it's I don't know I mean I relate to Don's thing because I, you know, my mom has had this in the past and it is, you know, 
mom worry. And I think it is just mom, mom's going to do mom stuff. <laughs> and yeah. just really realizing like if you, if you have this kind of thing with your own mom, you know, mom, dad, whatever, realizing that like, wow, this really is a them thing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this is so them. And there's only so much you can do to appease them if they're not going to do the, work themselves well, and, and look and, at themselves. And Trevor, I think you have so educated your mother. Yeah. I mean, I mean where, the how fact she, that now she's like, why is this awful man on the news <laughs> <laughs> referring to Bill Maher uh, yeah, attacking Lizzo? <laughs> like just, I don't know. It's no, but your, your mother went from literally thinks she had a right to negotiate your yes. weight with you mm-hmm. to then never discussing Trevor's weight, but everyone else's weight with Trevor. Yeah. Like, no, she it, still, she still does that. It's kind of okay. weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, like she'll tell Trevor about, which, which, which is funny because, you know, Trevor is, is so much fatter than anybody she's talking about, yeah. but you know, they have a real weight problem. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, it's a little odd. That is, that is Strange. a legit thing though, with a lot of mainstream weight people yeah. where like, yeah. once they accept you as a human being, your weight gets erased. Well, and it, it you know, it, it's it, it go, weird. You're completely right. And it goes to show you that it's, you know, it's really the speaker's problem. Right. It's yeah. not a, it's not actually about the weight. It's about the idea that being fat is bad, but if you're good, then you're not fat. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it's like, so in the case of my mom, it's like, well, she knows I'm happy. So it's like not a thing, but I think it's still, she's in a place where it's like, well, this person's, this person can't be fat, fat and happy. <laughs> Any normal person would be devastating yeah. if they looked yeah. in the mirror. You're, you're special. You're different. Yeah. You've graduated to being the exception. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's I don't know. something. Check it out. Either, I think there, I feel like Ask Amy has done some other good kind of work like this in the past, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know if, if you're someone's mom and you listen to this podcast and you have issues with their weight, look in the mirror. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not calling the, this person's mom fat. I'm just saying that <laughs> she has, you should look in the mirror and do some introspection the, and the, look yeah, at the, her, like her heart. And the why mirror she is of the your inner mind, your psyche. Well, it, it reminds me of a friend of mine who was from Europe and came to America and was looking at our grocery store. And I think this is the best use of the word fat phobia. It is the fear of getting fat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at our grocery store and seeing all the fat free products that we have 27 kinds of yogurt. <laughs> uh, and you know, 18 of those are fat free versions yeah, or low, low fat, fat versions or one, yeah. 1% or one and a half percent. Skim milk. And the, my friend was just Ugh. struck by the amount of product development yeah. that was devoted to fear of being fat. Mm-hmm. And it goes into something else I think we're going to discuss is like the terminology of like, you know, guilt-free potato chips. No, that's last, that's last you week. Know. Uh, you're getting ahead of yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're getting behind yeah. yourself. Getting behind <laughs> my head. <laughs> getting behind my head. In case you hadn't figured this out, we are recording the two episodes, this one and the previous, out of order. So there's a lot of mental gymnastics we're doing to try and get yeah. this right. <laughs> Tomorrow will be yesterday. Tomorrow will be a hundred years from now. <laughs> Um, so right. thank you, Ask Amy, for being an ally. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. It's, it's, it's good advice. Actually, good advice. All right. Moving on. To our well, main subject spe- speaking of moving on, we got a lot of stuff on the move. We got yeah. a, a lot of stuff happening, and we thought we would maybe talk about navigating these things. Yeah, so in in the case of me and Michael, like finding a place that is accommodating for us to like live in, uh, Dan and Trevor going on the cruise or other kinds of travel stories, uh, potentially just bring in some anecdotes to the table. Anecdotes. 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 There we go. <laughs> Got so it. prepping for travel in the coming year. Yeah. Uh, you guys, like your cruise has already been mentioned and I can already see, Dan is actually vibrating slightly on the couch right now. I'm not sure if you guys <laughs> can <laughs> tell. <laughs> uh, he is very, very excited for nah, the cruise. I just got to pee. <laughs> but you're going to get to pee on a cruise soon. How exciting will that be? I'll get to pee. And in you an can ocean. do it anywhere. I'll get to pee in an ocean. Um, so anyway, to get to it, I, I can start us off. Uh, when Michael and I were looking for places, I mean, there's a number of factors that you know when you can live somewhere that's affordable. Um, you, you get a lot more options, and so the first one right off the bat, which I'm sure Trevor and Don will relate to, a one bedroom house. Or, oh. Sorry, not one bedroom, one floor, first yes. floor. House. There's, mm-hmm. there's, you don't, there's no stairs. There's no ocean. stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, I live up 
15 stairs on the second floor. It is. Apartment. Oh, they are there treacherous something stairs. They are not good stairs. stairs. They're like slippery. They are polished concrete yeah. stairs with rounded And they've never been power washed. And so they just have oh this like God. layer of grease on them. Oh, man. I have been so terrified to slip down those stairs myself. Well, And they're really, they're really, the tread is really narrow. So like yeah. your whole foot doesn't fit on the stair anyway. Yeah, they're tall, narrow stairs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're all the way. So- being able to have a space that's like a single floor and you and all of your space is just easily walkable. There is one step in that entire house, uh, which is from the in, garage, in the new place, in, in the, the new, new place. place, in the new place that we found um, one step in the entire place. It's like a half a step from the garage. So you're getting a ramp into the kitchen. Yeah. No, I made the joke this morning. I was like, well, we can take, we, t- we can take care of that. Well, and we're going to do one of those zigzag ramps. Ramp. Yeah. Like it goes back and forth. So you have hitched <laughs> switchbacks. Because to, it is a six inch rise. Yeah. Exactly. You got to be careful with those gradations. Um, kind of picture you take it like American Ninja style. <laughs> um, which is awesome because I can, like since living in LA, Michael's lived here for eight, months something somewhere around there eight or nine months um the degree of freedom that i think he has lost in living here compared to what he's used to Mm. um is is hard to overstate and i am excited at his excitement for living a space in a place that is actually like accommodating yeah Mm -hmm. um that you know going up and down the stairs is not going to be a barrier to like just popping out and going on a drive for instance, if he just wants to get out and get some fresh air. Um, having a neighborhood that's like really walkable. Uh, sidewalks in LA, FYI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy hit shit. Miss. Hit and miss, yeah. Hit mostly miss. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on what neighborhood you're in, I suppose. But mostly it's... The, I suppose place, it's, the place you used to live with your sister, like the sidewalk oh there was... It was oh, like an obstacle So course. many, yeah. yeah. Okay, with what for the listener, it's... There are all these trees. Well, they had sidewalks, but the tree roots, because they usually plant these really fast growing trees with highly invasive roots, think ficus, and it will lift the sidewalk sometimes two feet. Like you'll just have this two foot peak in the middle of your sidewalk. Like you have to now go around or yeah. I'm shocked that I didn't sprain my ankle walking around on those sidewalks. And that's common, I would say. Um, See, here's the big one though. The house that we found uh, had one previous owner. It was an elderly couple. Uh, and they, uh, I believe, probably both died. <laughs> and the house, but was not bought. from stairs. <laughs> not from stairs. Not from. Uh, we presumably, I think one of one or both of them was in a wheelchair, mm. and the house was built for them, uh, seemingly because there are certain accommodations in there that are fantastic. For instance, this is a little weird, but also kind of cool. There's no doorway from the master bedroom into the master bathroom. Smart. So you can just roll right in uh, if you're in a wheelchair. Michael's not in a wheelchair, but this is the 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 size of that bathroom is the size literally the size of my current master bedroom. Wow! In my current apartment, like holy shit! Uh, it's a walk-in slash roll-in shower with a bench built into it. Yeah, they remodeled for it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, hand hand bars on every railings. Yeah, um, in the shower by the toilet. And uh, one of those, like, it, it's built into the shower where it has one of those lower handle, uh, mm. lower, like, shower heads that you can grab. So there's the overhead one, like the rain one, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. there's the handle one, like, at waist height that you could just grab, and it's right there. Uh, much like we remodeled our bathroom. Yeah. 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 Um, it's amenities. Like, these are the things that feel like game changers when you have them in your home and not just, like, a nice hotel. Mm. Well, and it's one thing you know, cause we own this place so we can make changes to it. If you're in a rental, I mean, you try negotiating with your landlord, you want to rebuild the bathroom. Yeah. It's, mm. it's unlikely. Even if you have the resources to do that, you know, like you're not going to get permission. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. going to happen. I'm, I'm excited to hear about the, 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 the six know, inch ramp, the inauguration of the, <laughs> the, ba- the, the shower and everything. <laughs> I will ask, is it a built-in shower? Or is it like a drop down thing or the, the bench? No, it's built in. It okay. is like, it our, is like a, our bathroom. Like a yeah, like it is a like a concrete ledge. <laughs> it's a ledge. ledge with like tile Perfect. on top of it. Yeah. Like Perfect. And it's wide, it's deep, like there's yep. there's ass space on that bench. <laughs> there's <laughs> space for activities. Yes. <laughs> oh, careful. It's slippery. It's very slippery and cold. Well, there's handbars. That's what the <laughs> That's what the handbars are it for. It sounds how so good th- in principle. How do you think in practice never that? seems to work out? It reminds me of that joke, like if someone wants to we'll cover you in honey and lick it off, they've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you think the old people died? 
<laughs> having the time of their yeah, lives. Having the time of their lives on the top. <laughs> oh, I understand the bench, but what's the trapeze for? <laughs> oh, there's smoke. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited for the cruise. And I also was then having like, I mean, I talked about last night having just like random travel stress dreams all night that mm. were just like, I was, I, I don't know. I went to France and then like, oh my God, I have to fly back from France. <laughs> Um, no, we live here now. <laughs> uh, but like having, I don't know, I have all these plans. I talked about, you know, I have my my full folding grabber uh, a couple weeks ago. That's right. You're I have welcome. My, my scooter on the cruise. And like, I'm going to be able to like, you know, I've been worried about like how my body's going to do with traveling just because that's been a thing with like my back. Just the past couple months, it's been really irritated. And I was like, we're absolute worst case scenario. I'm on a cruise. I have a scooter and I'll like, I can just see I'm going to be with a lot of wonderful people. Mm -hmm. So it's like even worst case scenario and, and you know, we booked some excursions, but like, if I can't do that, I can take the scooter out in the port. Like we're, we're going to, yeah, there's plenty of real estate on board the ship. Yeah. Yeah. No, but even like at the port, like I can just take it off, roll off onto the port, roll, roll down the pier and get some fresh air. And I don't know if this helps your back or not. I know it does for me. Uh, I recently, sort of remembering to bring uh, my sort of uh, muscle slash massage gun thing uh, with me on uh, travel. So like recently, Michael and I went, let's see, we went back to Tennessee to visit his family for Christmas, brought that with me. And then like in the hotel room, you have, oh, that flight sucked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, if it hurts me, it certainly hurts him. And so you have like something to kind of at least take care of some of those knots that might show up. Mm -hmm. I I was thinking about that. I would recommend it. Um, I don't know if they have, I think they have lithium ion batteries in them. So if you put them in your check bag, maybe lie about that or don't maybe put in your carry on if you can. Oh, I was probably going to, I'm not going to put that in my carry on. I wouldn't either. I didn't, uh, but technically I think <laughs> I'm imagining if it just like turns on. It creates a hole in your bag. <laughs> I forget if it, you're not allowed to fly with a lithium ion battery in cabin or in storage. No, in, in your checked bag. You checked. All right. Because they, if the, if they catch fire, they uh, are very, very difficult to put out and you can't access the cabin where the checked bags are. And mm-hmm. so there's a huge danger risk. If they catch fire in the human, the people cabin, uh, they can go put that out. I did not know that. Yeah, there's oh, a risk. Oh, so you have to hazard. put it in. Okay. You have you to put your carry on. Uh, to be fair, you could just carry the battery in your carry on because the battery does de Yeah, if the battery detach. comes out. Yeah. Um, anyway, I recommend it for, okay. for travel. If you have some space, uh, yeah, in consideration. I was also thinking about like, on so on the cruise at the spa, I was confused. About, there's all these like temperature rooms and stuff. Oh, yeah. But also, as part of that, they have. I don't. I've. I've been trying to get more information about it. All this will be a like my my little. I've been st- on a couple of Caribbean cruises in the spas. I might be able to answer your questions. Um, well, so I know they have the heated ceramic benches. Which I, mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, that would probably be really nice. Those are those are very good. Um, Put a towel on them because they get very hot. It's, want, it's literally it really a, hot. a reclining bench that's curved slightly. Um, they're made out of like molded concrete. Then they have tiles on top and they heat. So you can lie down and just get this sort of heat experience all across your body. They do get very hot and there's no temperature control on the ones that I was on. So put a towel down. You can either double fold it or single fold it. Okay. But they have like a thousand towels. Like that's not a problem. Yeah. Just imagine going on it. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed the spa because I've never really. Trevor loves spas and he loves any shower that's a million degrees. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you'll be happy. Well, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I was looking I was double checking, you know, I have my uh, thing that I got for Vegas, my detachable shower head that I will swap out with. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to use that on the ship, which I'm very excited about. Mm. Well, we're going to have an accessible room anyway, so they'll have something. No, I know, but I like that. Shower, that one in that particular. Chat, no, because it's like a wand. It doesn't have a big daisy head. Yeah. So that you can really get in all the nooks and crannies. Um, also, as an upcharge, they also have private uh, jacuzzi rooms. So if you want to just like have a jacuzzi experience mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily want to be out on the deck of the ship, you can, if you're willing to pay the upcharge, you can get those. I too. saw that. I couldn't really tell how big yeah. they were because it's like, They're it's big. for couples. And I'm like, I feel like I will just. Trevor's <laughs> <laughs> a couple They're, of something. The know? two of you would fit easily. It's okay. like, it's like what you would imagine at somebody's house. Like if they put a jacuzzi in their, in their deck or something, it's the okay. same size as that. Yeah. They're not tiny. 
And I believe at least the one that I was in, the, there's a, a room around it as well. And there's, I think there's a, there might be stairs or there might be a ramp. Are they private? Remember. Yeah. Yeah. They have public jacuzzis also. Oh yeah. Hot tubs. So they're mm-hmm. private jacuzzis for couples mm-hmm. in your room. Oh, in your room. No, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, no oh, these a, are, yeah. Oh, at the in spa. the spa. At the spa. Yeah. Okay. So basically you're going to That's soak in other people's sex juice? Ah, they clean them. I hope they cycle out every, the water. Well, every cruise they clean them, you know. Yeah. Every <laughs> <cruise>. <laughs> Usually cruises are a week or two. It's you're, called a cruise, it, It's dog. never more than a week's worth of soup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Plus, even, even a week's worth of soup in those rooms is not going to be as bad as Bigger Vegas. Valid. <laughs> <laughs> After, like, day four of Bigger Vegas, when it's like, this this past Bigger Vegas, the day four was normally like day seven. To be fair, that's not cum, that's suntan oil. I don't believe that for one second. <laughs> I mean, it's both. I Yeah, Dan, I, having been there and having been to a lot of public pools where everybody was wearing sunscreen also, I don't believe you. But I don't know. I, I do say that a lot, a lot of it is sunscreen because if you watch... The chub's like, okay, I'm gonna gotta spray myself oh my God, with my, they use that my lotion. Spray lotion. And then they immediately get in. Immediately get in. You have to let it settle in. I mean, they may as well just be dumping the suntan oil in the water. That is there true. is so at, during the daytime, there is this like oil side color grease, like where it looks like if someone dropped a match, it would just go up. Anyway. I have a couple small, short, sweet anecdotes we can wrap up on. Oh, yes. Um, so I, I pulled the audience, meaning I asked Michael <laughs> for <laughs> For a couple of his travel stories. And so he's traveled to Europe a couple times. Um, I think he's been to a handful of different countries, including Spain, uh, the UK. And uh, some of his stories were, for instance, his recommendation for an airline, granted, I think this was about 10 years ago. But he said that British Airways had a, it's not a policy, according to him, but when he showed up, uh, for his flight, uh, the flight wasn't sold out completely. And so the uh, staff of British Airways made a point to consolidate empty seats in his row so that he didn't have to deal with that whole, like, you know, you're... How many seats? Yeah, you're in a seat next to a bunch of people. If there were empty seats in the plane, they just consolidated them. And he said they did that on two different occasions, not just a one random occurrence. So that was... I don't know. Kind of cool. That's kind of cool. I think the the thing that always makes me nervous about that is you are completely at the mercy of who is working the flight yeah. that day. And I wouldn't plan for that. No, you can't. You but can't. And there's that's, a and and that's, an element of like surprise to it, I guess. It, well, yeah, because um, if you didn't plan for it. British Airways. <laughs> on on I, the flip side. <laughs> just a quick anecdote about that. The yeah. best experience I ever had that with a plane was going up to, uh, I, I always wait till I get to the gate. You talk to the attendant, say like, can you get me out, get me into a seat where I don't have someone next to me. Mm-hmm. The one time I went up there and the attendant was another big person. Mm. She just looked at me and went like, oh, I got you, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the least talking, the least explanation, the easiest. Yeah. Please, airlines, employ more fat people for your <laughs> gate attendants. I will say also, um, in that vein, having done a few done that a few times with Michael for Southwest Airlines, which actually has a policy about you know giving you an extra seat mm-hmm. for free, every employee that we've interacted with at the gate, because he'll book it online, but then he'll go up to make sure. Well, like, you, you have to. You yeah. have to check in early. Yeah. yeah. They've been like so easygoing about it. Oh, yeah, because it happens all the time. Yeah. In um, fact, I think so it's- the, like, There's an education there. Like they don't, you don't have to, unless they're in a new employee, in which case it's come up once or twice. Well, but, but and it's like, like you said, it's it's- their policy. They mm-hmm. have a passenger of size policy. Yeah. There's maybe I'll end on this one. Cause this is funny. It's funny and sad and also funny. Uh, he and his friend who is also a very fat man and tall, uh, went to, they did a whole trip. And one of the places they stopped was Barcelona, Spain. And they, they were staying, you know, they were college kids at the time and they were staying at hostels. Oh and this God. was a hostel in Barcelona, Spain. Okay. And, uh, the elevator to get up, to the top is this old, like ancient, like antique glass elevator. Um, and so they both get in and it was spacious. Apparently it wasn't some tiny little thing. Uh, it goes up about 10 feet and then goes like, <laughs> and then comes down a couple feet and then stops. Yeah. <laughs> and they got stuck on this elevator for three hours <laughs> because apparently it's so old that there's only one 
mechanic in Barcelona who mm-hmm. knows how to service it. And this was a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. it's glass. And so every time oh, no. somebody comes in to take the elevator up to their room, they see they why. see nothing. And then they look up and they see two fat guys sitting on the floor of the elevator <laughs> watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on? Well, we don't know. Oh, um, however, yeah. the good ending to the story is they, the hostel was able to bribe the mechanic to yeah. come <laughs> show no, up on a holiday. It's Spain, yeah. He showed up, fixed it in an instant, and then the hostel, he was worried that they were going to be like, oh, never did I to get mad at him or whatever. Um, and apparently they were very apologetic. Oh, sweet. And they gave him free drink passes and then Ooh. said, gently recommended that maybe only one of them take the elevator at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because at that point, what are you going to say? Take the stairs? No, that's why we... Have mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's a very special episode today because we have a tip. Yes, we do. We do. We don't always have tips, but no. when we do, we have them. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, this is your final chance to purchase a Fat Folks Tarot deck. A what? So I, a uh, fat, fat Folks, folks Tarot deck. Yes. Tarot. Okay. Fat Folks Tarot. I, I um, thought this is some dinosaur. A fat which, Folks Tarot deck. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've shared. So the other time they were selling the decks, I shared. I think mostly on Twitter, um, on, on the Twitter account. Fat Folks Sedan. Okay. <laughs> yes. I got it out of my system. Go. <laughs> um, but they they are doing a final printing of the deck through Kickstarter. They've already reached their goal. So if you give money now, you know it's going to happen. Awesome. Um, they ha- they're they ex- starting to hit their stretch goals, which include, um, so they have, uh, they hit their $30,000 goal of foil card backs. Oh, hell yeah. So they'll be extra shiny. And this is, it's a full tarot deck. It has, um, the, the whole point was to do a deck of uh, tarot cards featuring art with fat people, but also it's like, so it's all fat people. Uh, BIPOC, disabled, LGBTQ+. plus. Oh, awesome. All of the artists who did it are fat. Hell yeah. Um, there's 77 artists who did the art for the different cards. Oh, gamer friends, by the way, you can you can use a tarot deck as a deck of many things yes. if you play uh, Dungeons & Dragons. So maybe use this. That would be a cool way to sub it in. Yeah. You have until January 31st at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time so, to get one. So get it done. Get in. Do so we know the price? Uh, there's different tiers. So it's a Kickstarter, so you can probably support, but whatever the minimum amount The is minimum to amount get. to get a deck is uh, $50. Right. You get a deck um, with a little guidebook. Olifoil. Yeah. Uh, you can get like so the deck and a guidebook and then also like prints of your favorite card. Get little velvet oh, book. Nice. Uh, all sorts of different stuff. Check it out. Uh, the link will be in the episode description. Hell yeah. All right, Don, take us home. And by home, I mean halfway done <laughs> for our day of recording. <laughs> well, to uh, celebrate, since we are you know, talking about travel tips today, and since we are getting ready for Michael's great new journey, I thought we would uh, engage in some voyages in mythological journeys Ooh. of note in the past. So all of of which I am making one more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today's theme is mythological journeys. So, all right. Um, Orpheus, the famous musician of Greek mythology, is probably best known for going into the afterlife to rescue his wife after she dies and leading her almost all the way out to the mm, exit before yes. tragedy strikes. That's not the only journey he's famous for, though. Uh, what other famous journey is Orpheus famous for participating in? <gasps> Finding Neo. What? He accompanied Hercules and helped him tame a giant raging lion using his music. Two, he accompanied Jason to find the Golden Fleece and helped him pass the sirens. Three, he was at the fall of Troy where his song gave Odysseus the idea for the Trojan horse. Or four, he legendarily ran 25 miles to report the defeat of Persia, making him the symbolic founder of the marathon. Hmm. Uh, I I'm going to see Golden Fleece. I think he, I'm, I think I'm, he accompanied Hercules and, and, and played music to help sedate the lion. I figure everyone here are like RPG or classic mythology nerds. I figured we could. I'm, uh, it's been a while. I only know the, I, I only My know memory's the Orpheus, fading. In, Orpheus and Eurydice. I don't, I don't think he was an Argonaut. I'm going to go with a lion taming. Okay. Lion taming. Same. Lion taming. Golden Fleece. Golden Fleece. And the correct answer is in fact, 
The Golden Fleet. Damn, oh, Trevor. When will we learn, Michael? Yep. Orpheus yeah, managed to outsing the sirens and just let yeah. everybody drift on by. Yeah. I thought the okay. I thought there was wax earplugs involved. There were different uh, different heroes crossed the sirens. Oh, in ways. I see. I see. This right, is because one of them was he wanted. I forget who this was, but he wanted to listen to them, so that yeah. he told his crew to tie him to the ship. Yes. Yeah. So he someone has not kept up on the Greek cinematic universe. Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, let me go watch Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> In ancient Egypt, the sun god Ra was believed to ride a giant boat across the sky every day. By night, he piloted the boat through the underworld, where each night the boat would be attacked by Apophis the spirit of evil, who would try and destroy Ra and end the circle of life. Each night, though, Ra's boat was defended by another god. Oh. Which god was it? One, Nut, the, or Newt, the goddess of the night sky, who would shield the barge with her star-covered back. Two, Set, god, the god of war and storms, cruelty and chaos. Three, Isis, wife of the dead god Osiris, who would go to the underworld each night to catch a glimpse of her husband. Or four, Sekhmet, the lion-headed goddess of motherhood and the rage of the sun. I'm going with Newt. I'm Newt also. We got two Newts. Wow. Uh, okay. I'm going to go with Isis. Ooh, we, we are going female he- heavy this time around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wait, Trevor, you didn't want to Newt up? Oh, Jesus no. Christ. Wow. <laughs> well, the surprising answer to this one is actually Set. Okay. Uh, oh. The god of war, storms, cruelty, and chaos. He's actually in modern yeah, yeah, yeah. storytelling. He's sort of he's the god of evil in most modern versions. Sometimes but, written as Seth. Yeah, yeah. But what I think is so interesting about this one is it shows that like Christianity is two thousand years old. Like the Egyptian mythology we're talking about spanned over five thousand years of yes, time, yes. Mm. and the way people saw these gods over five thousand years changed changed enormously. Mostly, mostly due to the Christians. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our final journey for the day: the journey of Odysseus to get home after the Trojan War, covered in Homer's epic The Odyssey, is probably one of the most famous famous epics in Western literature. During his ten year journey to get home. He meets pretty much a who's who of gods, heroes, and monsters from Greek mythology. Which of the following is not someone Odysseus meets <laughs> on his voyage home? Wow. Oh, God. All right. Circe, witch and arch nemesis of Wonder Woman. Uh, Scylla and Charybdis, the aquatic rock and a hard place duo of Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. Zeus, king of the gods and chromic womanizer. Or four, the Cyclops, professional shepherd. <laughs> I like that. Um, hmm. I'm gonna say Zeus. I, I was thinking Zeus also. I also think Zeus. It's too. It's just too obvious. Well, I, I have failed in my construction because yes, the answer is, is in fact uh, Zeus. Yay, <laughs> Dan, you got one. I got one. I got two. You call that the pity bit. I get two. Thank you very much. <laughs> Trevor won as usual. Of so, Trevor, if one of our listeners met Odysseus on his 10-year journey home, where could they go to tell us about that? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bigfatgaypod. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Five stars everywhere also. I don't know. Yeah. We got our 90th rating on Apple Podcasts, so thank Ooh. you. Um, we are on a hot streak. We got some We got Yay. some good ratings on there, so thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. It feels good. Also, thank you for writing in. We're going to... Yeah. We will have already r- read a listener write in <laughs> after this, but oh before God. this episode release. <laughs> you make my brain hurt. <laughs> I make my brain hurt. Maybe your brain hurts <laughs> and... We're still, we got more to do, so uh, (laughs) watch out. Watch out, yeah. (laughs) Pee break. Everybody, run to the bathrooms. Go, 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 go. Bring your weasels.